0: Welcome to the Center for International and Regional Studies at Georgetown University in Qatar. These podcasts are part of a research initiative titled Building a Legacy, Qatar FIFA World Cup 2022. Welcome everybody to our podcast on the FIFA 2022 World Cup in Qatar. It gives me great pleasure to welcome today Ahmed Hashim. Ahmed operates the social media account Qatar Football Live which is for me and many others, a very important source of information on football in Qatar. Qatar Football Live has by today, 1,803 followers on Twitter where I follow him and even 4,675 followers on Instagram. So over the overall topic of today is football fandom in Qatar. And Ahmed, uh, let me first ask you, uh, you're operating this account with a friend aunt, and colleague, Uh, Since when are you operating the account and what was the idea behind establishing such a source of uh, English-speaking information on Qatari football?
1: Yes. Uh, Hello, Daniel. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Uh, As for Qatar Football Live, we started it uh, just before the Asian Cup, if I remember correctly. I think it was in December of uh, 2018 when we started it. And uh, initially, it was a team of three. It was me, it was uh, two of my friends, um, Mr. Renjit and uh, Mr. fasal But uh, then it got reduced to two because uh, the third friend had to go back to his uh, home country, uh, India. So currently, we are a team of two. But when we okay. began, it was a team of three and we worked together to cover the game here in Qatar and to take it to the English audience all across the world because we thought that there was a gap when it came to uh, information about uh, Qatari football. Uh, Obviously, there were the official channels, the Qatar Football Association, the Qatar Stars League, but we wanted to give uh, a little more background and uh, also a, a fan's perspective to people all over the world. And also in Qatar, there are many uh, people here living for a long time, but not really connected to the game here in Qatar. So we, we wanted to bring them to the stadiums if possible, give them uh, you know, uh, a glimpse of what's happening here in the football scene, and uh, hopefully give them a connection to the clubs, the local clubs, so that they can start supporting them if possible. So. We wanted to contribute to the game in our own way. So that was the initiative. And uh, obviously it was a right moment for us to start because the Asian Cup proved to be very successful for Qatar. And yes. uh, since, since then we've, uh, we've completed almost uh, two years now.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ahmed, talking about connections, uh, you were born and raised in Doha and uh, you belong to the many people uh, who spend uh, uh, all their life in the country without being a Qatari citizen. So in Qatar, around 10% of the people are Qatari citizens and 90% are are foreigners. Uh, But among the foreigners, we have two groups. We have uh, expatriate uh, workers who just come for a couple of years, and we have the long-term residents like you who uh, spend their um, their life so when I talked to you before you told me that you can relate very well to the Qatari national football men's team although you are not Qatari citizen could you elaborate why you can uh, relate so much to the national team
1: yes uh, that's a very important topic for me because uh, when I grew up obviously when I started following football it was uh, european football that got my attention or the global game the world cup uh, and uh, i was never aware of what was happening here in qatar because uh, i was very young and uh, i only followed the game on tv and on newspapers and i didn't go to the stadium so i wasn't aware of the the developments happening in qatari football and then i remember when uh, when Qatar played at the Gulf Cup at home in 2004 and, and they won the tournament, it was shown on TV and it was also displayed, uh, the advertisements were displayed all over town. It was a very uh, significant event. Uh, also in the tournament's history, that, tournament were, that edition of the tournament was a very important uh, milestone for the Gulf Cup. So that was the first time I came into contact with the national team. To be able to watch the national team on TV and to see them win the tournament, that was a very special experience for me because uh, that was the first time I was uh, introduced, you know, to Qatari football. So when I saw that tournament and when I saw those players, uh, I felt that uh, this is something that uh, I like and I want to get into it further. And that's how my journey in Qatari football started. and I ended up becoming a fan of Al-Sad. And uh, over the past 15 years, uh, I followed the game. So when I look...
0: Uh, Before we talk about uh, club football, I think uh, you told me before that... um, with your like background of having lived in qatar all your life but being a citizen of india uh, that you can relate very well to the national team also because of its composition is this right
1: yes because when i followed the game i realized that from from the very early days i realized that there were many different backgrounds you know when you look at the composition of the national team So from the very start, I saw that there were people who were born here in Qatar as citizens. There were uh, there were players who were naturalized. They came from South America, Africa, or or Europe, and not exactly Europe. I think South America and Africa. Mostly they were naturalized and they played for Qatar. But there were also players who who were uh, born or raised in Qatar, just like me. There were players who came here as uh, uh, migrants or their parents came here as migrants so you could call them uh, second generation uh, migrants mm-hmm. and uh, th- that was the composition of the team we could you know so you could divide the team into three categories back then when i started following the game and slowly what happened was uh, the composition of the team began to change over the years especially after the, the start of the aspire academy Because uh, they scouted and developed players who were homegrown. And uh, we saw the fruits of that effort in 2014 when Qatar won the Asian Under-19 Championship with uh, an entirely homegrown team. So uh, that went against the the narrative that uh, Qatar was spending a lot of money to naturalize football players and and build their national team. Because uh, suddenly you had a team that was... uh, almost uh, completely homegrown. And then you had the bulk of the, the Asian Cup winning team in 2019 also having a similar feature that they were come almost, I think, only three players were, 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 come, were naturalized. So they came to Qatar as footballers and then they got the chance to play for Qatar. The rest of the squad was homegrown. They were either born in Qatar as citizens or they were uh, second-generation immigrants. So for mm-hmm. me, as, as, as a, as a second-generation immigrant, for me as someone who was born and raised here for, and for most of my life, to see that national team winning the Asian Cup and creating so much uh, joy and uh, sparking so much celebration here in Qatar, that felt very special. So as kids, uh, me and a couple of my friends, I remember when we watched the national team, we would sing the national anthem along with them even though we were not Qataris. We felt that that this country has given us a lot. We we would dream that if we were able to get a chance to play for Qatar, we would take it with both hands. Obviously, we were not very good footballers, but uh, it was a small dream in our heads. And even though that dream never materialized, to see other players from a similar background play for Qatar and and bring such glory to the national team that was very special for me and and when the entire country celebrated in 2019 after winning the nation cup it really felt like this team represented the entirety of qatar you know it was like a a microcosm of uh, of the people or the community of qatar it represents everyone who lives here Mm
0: -hmm. um you have two favorite club teams Al Sadd from Qatar and Bengaluru Football Club from India. Uh, tell us a bit uh, how did you become a fan of both these clubs?
1: Yes, uh, as I said earlier, uh, when I started watching Qatari football, Al Sadd was the first club that I got introduced to, and uh, that happened because uh, my school was right next to the Al Sadd Stadium. So which club I mean, was it? Uh, it was IDM Indian School. It's a private expatriate school here in Qatar. Mm-hmm. So c- currently the facility is, uh, is a new facility. But when I studied, the earlier facility was was just located near to the al sad Stadium. And uh, when we were going to the school by bus, we could see the the arch or the, the, the towers of the stadium, al sad Stadium from the distance. And uh, that for me was very special because uh, I was always interested in in stadiums. I wanted to go to the stadiums and uh, attend games and and feel that atmosphere, but I couldn't because I lived uh, far away from the city. I lived uh, in the city of Misaid, which is almost uh, 50 or 60 kilometers uh, south of Doha. So uh, I couldn't always attend games. So when I saw the, the stadium, Every time I got an opportunity, I wanted to just go there you know so at school, there were also people who who supported al Sad. they were friends in my my class, and they introduced the team to me, they introduced the players and then since then it's uh, it's been like a passion for me, and I've also got the opportunity to work for the club uh, and uh, it's It's been almost fifteen years now, so I think it's a very special. Uh, team for me, it's a big part of my life. As for the second club that uh, I, I like and I follow, it's, it's Bengaluru FC, it's from my home country, India and uh, that started because uh, I was studying in uh, in the city of Hyderabad when I went there for my college studies and uh, there was no football club from Hyderabad, there was also no football club from my hometown and uh, I was uh, really hoping to to get a team that I could support and I could relate to. And in 2013, when Bengaluru FC was founded, uh, I thought that it was a perfect club because it started uh, in a city where uh, the football fandom was not uh, alive at that moment. Most people would support European football, but this club managed to convert the the youngsters in particular uh, into, into supporting the club by by engaging with the community and by interacting with them and by making them relate to the the club, so I like that part of it, and that, that's something that I've kept close to my heart. Uh, like I want people to communicate, to engage, and to communicate with their clubs and to to relate to it, and that's something that I would like to replicate here in Qatar because. There are a lot of people living here right next to stadiums and they don't know who the players are playing for the club. They would call themselves football fans. They would be following the big games in Europe and elsewhere, but they're not interested in, in the local game. So, I would ideally, I would like to see uh, expatriates here in Qatar also supporting or watching the local football teams. So, that was what... Uh, created an interest in me when i saw bangalore fc and uh, it's a club that i would describe as the most professional club in, in india the approach that they have to uh, you know to the game to developing young talent uh, to presenting a good image of themselves on, on social media uh, to csr and so all of those uh, various uh, sectors so uh, it's it's the ideal club, it's the model club, and uh, it's the kind of club that I would love to create if I had the chance.
0: Yeah. Coming back to football in Qatar, do you have a favorite player?
1: Yes. Uh, my, my favorite player is uh, of all time, I would say, is, is Khalfan Ibrahim. Uh, who is the youngest, I believe he was the youngest player to win the Asian Player of the Year Award. And that was in 2006. Unfortunately, he retired at the age of 32, which was uh, an early retirement, if you look at uh, you know, other players of his age playing at the moment in Qatar. But uh, he was a player that captured our imagination when we were youngsters with the, with the dribbling skills that he had and with the amazing goals that he scored. Uh, people used to call him Kalfa Nino, you know, as a, as a reference to Ronaldinho. And uh, with him, Al Saad was uh, able to win the FC Champions League title in 2011. We also went to the Club World Cup. We, we got the bronze medal. And uh, I, think, I think he won all the possible domestic titles with the club. So I was able to see him at his peak. And I was able to meet him. And he's a wonderful personality. So he really influenced me when I was a kid and... Uh, so he remains my favorite player of all time. But unfortunately he retired and uh, that was one of my biggest regrets that I could not see him win the Asian Cup for Qatar. Ideally, mm-hmm. I think he, he would have been the player to to lift the trophy as captain, but uh, some things did not work out for him in his career and uh, he took the decision to retire early. But it was mm-hmm. uh, his, his his teammate and his uh, his. Childhood friend, uh, Hassan Alhaizouz, who went on to lift the trophy. And uh, I remember Khalfan being very, very happy for him and sharing his excitement that Hassan Alhaizouz had won the trophy. And that's the kind of person Khalfan is. He's really uh, a team player and he enjoys when other people get achievements as well. So that's the kind of person he is and I like him for that.
0: Yeah, Ahmed, we talked now about the national men's team and about your favorite clubs and favorite player. Um, which role does women's football play in uh, Qatar football live uh, uh, reporting?
1: Um, so far, I don't think we've been able to cover the game here, uh, the women's game here in Qatar. Uh, I've certainly not got the opportunity to attend any games. So uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm also not an expert on what's happened, but I've read uh, uh, over the years, uh, I think it was uh, over 10 years ago when I first read about the the national team, the national women's team uh, coming into existence here in Qatar with the Qatar Women's Sports Committee. But uh, I think after that, uh, there was a, uh, a period in which i heard nothing at all about the women's game here in qatar but since then i think uh, while we move closer to 2022 there's been uh, some more focus on that and uh, the education city stadium is obviously uh, going to be the home of the, the qatar women's national team that's that's what the supreme committee has uh, has declared as part of its uh, legacy so I think in the next four or five years, there's going to be a huge development in, in the women's football arena. And recently, I think last week, uh, we saw the report that uh, Qatar was going to start uh, uh, a new women's football uh, league. And uh, there's also been, I think, for me, when I, when I see Qatari football fans on Twitter, it's, it's something that I like to always do during matches. To click on the hashtags and, and to follow the conversation on Twitter to see what people are saying. I always find that there are a lot of women who are following the game here in Qatar, the local clubs. And uh, you may not see them in the stadiums. I think they're more comfortable watching it from home. But for the big games, for the big national team games or the big club derbies, uh, some of the women do attend. And uh, I think there is a huge interest in the game from them and if the authorities are able to to harness that i think you are looking we can look forward to something uh, much more bigger in, in the national game here uh, obviously uh, there are a lot of women playing the game at various levels here uh, when i went to al saad last year uh, i met the coach of the academy the girls academy al saad have a, a girls academy and uh, i think also some some other private academies here in qatar also provide training for young girls so when i went to al-sad i met uh, the coach of the team uh, captain captain and she was uh, a former captain of the egyptian national team and uh, she was giving training to the young girls i think two to three times a week and uh, she took the young girls with them with her to aspire to meet the band Munich women's team i remember uh, reporting on that for for al-sad so uh, it was, uh, I think, a new experience for me to see that I wasn't aware of uh, the fact that uh, so many young girls are playing football here in Qatar. So uh, I think it's a growing sport. And uh, in the next few years, we will see it grow much further uh, with the kind of uh, support that the government will be giving to it. Because as as I mentioned earlier, the, the league which has come up and the new stadium which will be a home for the national team, these are all, I think, uh, a motivation for for young girls now to start practicing the game, and uh, I think there is a good future. But obviously, it's a, it's a long way from becoming, uh, you know, or from reaching the same level as that of some other countries in the region, like uh, I think Bahrain, Jordan, or the UAE. But uh, these are, I think, baby steps, and uh, there is a will. I think I feel that there is a will from the authorities to develop the game for them.
0: Last but not least, uh, let us talk about community football in Qatar and uh, you are involved in uh, organizing uh, events for the uh, Indian community. So could you share with us some insights about uh, football beyond the professional level in Qatar and how you are involved in uh, organizing events?
1: Yes, uh, this is something that I've, uh, I've done on a, on a regular basis. Uh, when I came back to Qatar from, from India in 2017, after completing my, my higher studies, uh, I took an interest in, in the community football scene here in Qatar because uh, I, I discovered that there was a, a lot of interest for people from the, the expatriate community in, in playing uh, in tournaments, in amateur tournaments against their... Uh, their countrymen, or from people from different countries, and even though they were never uh, introduced to the, the professional football scene here in Qatar, so there was a gap. So when I when I look at them, when I look at the kind of attendances that we have at community football tournaments, it's it's uh, it's amazing. The Doha Stadium, which is the oldest football venue here in Qatar, it gets filled to the brim when when uh, Indian community football tournament played there and obviously you will never see the same kind of attendances at some of the league games here so that's why i i I think that there is a gap between the communities and then the professional scene here but uh, when it comes to amateur tournaments it's it's very vibrant i think there are several tournaments taking place over the year and i've been uh, very lucky to have the chance to participate as as an organizer uh, in some of them for example uh, at the official level uh, the Supreme Committee itself uh, organizes the Workers' Cup and uh, I had the chance to participate as a, as, a, as a media person in the last two editions. And that is a, is a fantastic tournament for, for the workers uh, of the Supreme Committee's projects to come together and play football. But uh, there are also other tournaments like the one uh, conducted by my community, uh, the Qatari Indian Expected Community, which, uh, which brings together players from India, you know, professional and semi-professional players from India, and also amateur players in Qatar. It's, it's, a, it's a unique tournament uh, in the way it's conducted, and uh, we've had the chance to play some, some exhibition games as well with some of the Qatari football uh, legends last year, and that was uh, held in cooperation with the Ministry of Sports and Culture uh, with the Supreme Committee and the Qatar Football Association. So the authorities have been very, very helpful in uh, developing the community game here. But I would always say that the challenge going forward is to link the community football fervor or the community football uh, fandom to the professional game here in Qatar, to the QSL, and to somehow build uh, vibrant fan bases for for... Uh, QSL clubs if that is possible I think that's a dream that you uh, know work towards and uh, it will help uh, the game develop here in Qatar even more.
0: My very last question is um, you are doing this voluntarily uh, to operate the Qatar football life accounts and um, Uh, on top of your regular job so um, do you think uh, um, there will be uh, volunteering opportunities uh, um, uh, at the World Cup for fans are you planning yourself to participate in activities or did you hear about any opportunities for for fans to to do volunteering uh, prior and during the World Cup
1: yes uh, in fact uh, last week uh, Supreme committee began a volunteering campaign that I think it's a renewed campaign because they've been obviously having volunteers for for many of the events that they've conducted over the last few years. But the last week they started a new campaign with a new website that uh, seeks to, you know, I think uh, bring together all the serious uh, volunteers who have the interest in, in volunteering for the World Cup and to develop them because we've only got two years now remaining for the World Cup and uh, FIFA as well uh, has begun a new volunteer program I think it was yesterday that they began their new website so there's going to be a lot of opportunities for for the fans here in Qatar to volunteer Uh, I myself have uh, have been able to to take part in certain events over the past few years in in 2021 it's going to be a I think a very uh, significant year for Qatari football and uh, the most awaited event, I think uh, obviously the FIFA Club World Cup in February and the Arab Cup in in, in December. So these are opportunities for fans and, and for volunteers to experience what the World Cup will be like. It's It's a mini version of the World Cup, if I may say so. And uh, obviously there will be other events as well in different sports because uh, I think the Supreme Committee has has used uh, the opportunity provided by you know, events like the IAF World, World Championship uh, to give experience to their volunteers. So I think that will also be uh, uh, happening next year and obviously in the early months of 2022 as well. So... Uh, It's going to be a really interesting time for fans and for volunteers.
0: Thank you, Ahmed. This was fantastic. Uh, Thank you for uh, all your work on the Qatar Football Life account, which is a very important source of information for me and many others. Thank you very, very much for this podcast and good luck for you personally and for your work on the Qatar Football Life account in the future. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much, Daniel. It's my pleasure.